0: Welcome to the Gap Church Podcast, where we're filling the gap through freedom and the truth. Please enjoy this week's message. Like I said, uh, my name is David Olaudah Patsusan, and um, thank you for joining us. You could be anywhere. um, You could be worshiping anywhere. You could get in brunch, whatever it is. um, But I'm excited, like I said, and and I want to jump straight into it just so I can make sure that we're good on time um, because uh, it's going to be a good word. Everybody say amen. amen. All right, let's jump right in. John 19, 28 to 30. John 19, 28 to 30. Can we make some noise for reading the word of God? Come on. We should be excited. We should be excited. For some of y'all, it's your first time this week, but it's okay. We thank God for grace and mercy. Amen. All right, this is the, uh, the main scripture for this series. It says, Jesus knew that by now everything had been completed, and in order to make the scripture come, to true, come true, he said, I am thirsty. Verse 29, a bowl was there full of cheap wine. So a sponge was soaked in there in the wine, put on a stalk of hyssop, and lifted up to his lips. Verse 30. Jesus drank the wine and said, it is? Then he bowed his head and gave up his spirit. Bless the reading of God's word. We're taking notes this afternoon. The title of this message is, it was never about me. It was never about? Point to yourself. It was never about? Better tell yourself that right now. Some of y'all might be in denial after this. <laughs> Ecclesiastics 3.1. Many of us know this um, cadence of scripture, the whole Ecclesiastes 3, but specifically the first line of this chapter is really important. Ecclesiastes 3:1. It says, Everything that happens in this world happens at the time God chooses. At the time God God chooses. Last week we spoke about what? Times and seasons, right? And identifying what season we're in, right? That's really important when it comes to the series. Because you need to know if you're entering a season or what? Finishing a season. So it's important that we understand that God chooses when everything happens because this has a lot to play when it comes to this series. It is finished. Specifically today, I want to talk on the perspective of those that are leaving a season. Next week, we'll talk a bit more about those that are entering a season. But today, specifically, I want to pay close attention to those that are leaving a season. And so... Maybe you're not leaving a season right now. Maybe you've just entered into a season. But there's going to be a point that you will be leaving a season. So maybe in three months, six months, one year, you can come back to this message and say, I know that the Gap Church had a message about what to do when it comes to leaving a season. What's important when it comes to leaving a season is that you have to know you're leaving a season. Very important. Scripture says in John 19, 28, it says, Jesus knew. He what? Knew. That by now everything had been completed. Do you know you're leaving your season? Do you know the time is up? When we look at the, 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 the word new, in Hebrew it means do, Which means to be aware, to behold, to consider, and to perceive. Going back to last week, what did we say? We cannot just keep on going through seasons unintentionally. We have to be intentional. So can you perceive, can you tell that my season is coming to an end? Can you tell that, okay, it's, it's, I think God is trying to do something new. I think it's time for me to leave. Many of us, the only time we know it's time to transition is when things start happening that are bad, right? But even in a good season... When everything is great, when the money is fully flourishing, when everything, the job is good, it can still be time to leave. You see, how did Jesus know it was finished? I have three quick points for us because I think this is important. They're very simple points. Number one, he had a lifelong intimacy with the Father, he had a lifelong intimacy with the Father. We see multiple times in the life of Jesus Christ, he retreats to go and spend time with his father. He he leaves the crowd, he leaves everybody, and he goes and has time with God. Are you spending time with the father consistently? Are you spending time with the father consistently or not? This is very important because I use this example in the first service. If you are a student in college, how do you know you're on track? You go meet your advisor. How do you know if you're going according to the, to the, to the plan of the class? They, I think they always give like a what? Like a plan outlook of what the class, right. And so my thing is that how much more when it comes to our life should we be thinking about God? Am I where I'm supposed to be? It takes Intimacy. Even until the moment of death, we see Jesus right before he goes to the Garden of Gethsemane. And what he does, he has intimacy with God to express how he's feeling. Many of us are so are, so, are, are, are yoked because we don't ever bring things before God. We're entering, we're going through things, and, and we don't know that if we just bring it at the feet of Jesus, we just have intimacy, we'll have clarity. When things are changing, we're guessing, we're, we're, we're researching. When really we're supposed to have intimacy with God, and he gives us clarity. Number two, how did Jesus know it was finished? He was fully aware of the steps he took in his life. We talked about this last week. Um, we see in John 17 uh, verse 4, it says, I have shown your glory on earth. I have finished the work you gave me to do. You see, in order to be fully aware With the steps that you're taking in life, like I said, number one, you have to be in intimacy, but also you have to know what is the plan in this season? What am I supposed to be doing? What is the assignment in this season? You cannot be intentional without a reference point. If you want to be intentional with no reference point, you're going to be going in circles, trying things out, wasting time. And number three... How did Jesus know it was finished? He was no longer in control of his life. He submitted himself completely to the will of God. Many of us this is what we struggle with. Even on the cross, John 19 30, on the cross, we see that it says that Jesus drank the wine and said, It is finished. Then he bowed his head and gave, gave up his spirit, not fought. And then he died. He gave it up freely. You see, when you are so in tune and aligned with what God wants you to do in a season, there is no fighting. It may suck. It may hurt. You may have to bring it to God and be like, "This how I'm feeling." But at the end of the day, you will be freely ready to give it up, even if it comes to the point of death, because you know, on the other side, it's His will that will be done. Amen. And so. As we were talking about for those who are leaving a season, I began to do some research and I started to think, okay, what are some things that Jesus Christ himself did at the end of his time before crucifixion? Because I think we can learn a little bit about how to end a season well and what to look, like, what to look at. Some indications of knowing that the season is coming to end because I know a lot of y'all would like this. And so I have a, a list of some things that I was able to observe. Four things. Four to five things I'll say that we can learn about the season uh, or the ending of a season for Jesus Christ. You see, when it came to the end of Jesus Christ's life, we see number one, and we have to learn this, when we're leaving a season, people will betray you. People will betray you. When it's coming to an end, when the time is up At the workplace, when the time is up with that relationship, your bestie will start doing some things. Things will stop. People will start mixing. just just acting out of sorts. We see that there's three types of people and groups that we can look for when it comes to the end that will betray us. Number one, the person that you expect. The person you expect to betray you, yes, they're going to betray you. I'll just make it clear for you now. We see in Scripture multiple times, we always hear about the disciple who, Judas, many times. And we see that even in John 12, 4 to 6, in other translations, it just says that the disciples were bickering when the woman poured her fragrance upon the feet of Jesus. But we see in John, specifically, we see a snitch, which is okay. John 12, 4 to 6, it says, but Judas Iscariot, one of his disciples, the one who was going to betray him, said... Why was this perfume not sold for 300 denarii and the money given to the poor? That's what he said. But in his heart it says, now he said this not because he cared about the poor, for he never cared about them, but because he was a thief. And since he had the money box, imagine the treasurer of Jesus' ministry. <laughs> Serving as a treasure for the 12 disciples, he used to pilfer what, what was put in it. So from that point on, I'm sure Jesus well, en- well enough could know that at some point, if there's anyone that is going to betray me, it's going to be this person. So there's a person we can usually expect to betray us. But number two, this is the one that sucks. There's a person that is close to us that we don't expect that can betray us. We see this with the example of Peter. Peter, we see this in Luke. Luke 8, 51 to 52. We see that Jesus, when he arrived at the house, he would not let anyone go in the house. He was about to heal someone. Except for Peter, John, and James. We always see that the three was always with Jesus in, 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 in intimacy. You see, Peter saw everything. Peter knew the inner workings. Peter knew When Jesus was going through it, but still Peter was the one that betrayed Jesus. The only thing I can encourage you when it comes to a close friend that may betray you in a season that you're about to end is just knowing that there's still hope. Because we see at the end of the story, Peter still comes back into relationship with what? Jesus Christ. So that's the encouragement, but you're going to have to go through it. I'm not saying it will happen for everyone. I'm just giving you signs when it comes to leaving a season. Y'all got me? The next thing you have to understand is that the people that may betray you is a group. A group of people that don't understand what is upon your life and don't understand what God is doing within you. They're going to betray you. We see many times in scripture Jesus is going from place to place to place. People are following him. They're seeing the manifestations of miracles here and there, left and right. People are getting healed. People are touching his garment. Things are happening. And then we see... When it comes down to it, in Luke 23, 34 to 35, Luke 23, 34 to 35, Jesus says to his father, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. And they divide up, up his clothes by casting lots. The people, probably some of the same people that followed him, probably some of the same people that saw the healings, stood watching, and the rulers even sneered at him. Here's how I know it's the same people. It said, they said, he saved Others, let him save himself if he is God's Messiah, the chosen one. So they've seen with their own eyes the promotions. They've seen with his own eyes the blessings being elevated. And so they knew much about him. But when it came down to the end of that season, there were the ones that were saying, crucify, crucify, crucify. There's some friend groups that will never understand you. You got to just let it go. It's okay. There's some people, some brothers, lion sisters. <laughs> that you've done life with. People in your workplace that you used to do happy hour with all the time. People that when you were single, you were friends with groups that you used to hang out with. And now that you're married in a relationship that you have to let go of, that you know they're going to betray you because they just don't understand. And here's a shocking point. At some point, they will understand. At some point, they may even become a benefit of the next season you're in. Number two, another thing that we can learn when it comes to the end of a season through the life of Jesus Christ is that Jesus Christ continually utilized what God put inside of him. He prayed and served. He prayed and? We see in John 17, close to the time that Jesus Christ would give his life up, we see that Jesus is praying for his disciples. He washes their feet. Many times when we're in a season, maybe maybe one year, two years, three years, six months, when things are just not working out for us, we begin to, 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 to be very greedy with the gift that God has given us. We begin to be very stingy and say that, "Well, I don't think I can give this much in this season because things are happening." We begin to uh, take ourselves out of friend groups that used to build us up. I don't want to use the usual example, but we also begin to become absent from places of worship. Based off of a season, we begin to serve God according to what is happening in our season. We see even in the height, knowing, Jesus knowing that he was going to be crucified soon, we see even before the, 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 the entrance of him coming into town, we see that as he's walking, we see two blind men in Matthew 20, 28 to 32, I won't read it, I'll just go through it. A few days, just a few days before he would have to be crucified. Two blind men calling out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy. Have mercy on us. And what happens? He stops. Stops and heals. Knowing that in a few days he will be on a cross. Knowing that in a few days that they may be the ones that spit on him. Have you let the season that you're in determine how much you want to pray and serve God? More than ever in the life of Jesus Christ, we see multiple times, check, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. You'll see when it comes down to Jesus coming to the point of death, multiple times we see him coming into intimacy and praying even more with God. You've been so much stuck in a cycle that you've begun to grow further and further and further away from God. You've accepted the season you're in. And then you want to come and join this fast and say it is finished and do nothing that's different? Number three, the next thing we see as a lesson when it came to the end of season in Jesus' life is that every time you must understand you have to pass the test of validation. Pass the test of validation. I'll give you an example. If you go on the road right now and drive a car, I don't care if it's a Lamborghini, a Nissan, whatever it is, and you're driving and you have not passed your driving test and you get stopped by the police, you're you're, you're done for, right? Right? Yeah, you're probably going to be like, oh, man, this is, this is not going to be nice. The fine is going to be crazy. Why? Because you do not have the validation required to drive the car. If your name is not on the insurance, oh, more wahala. <laughs> you do not have the, the validation to go into that next season. You see, there's going to be things that happen at the end of a season that can tamper with you being validated to going into the next season. I think back to the story of Job when the devil came and, 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 and he tried to, uh, he, he, he put his way into the meeting where God was. In, in John, John 1, 8 to 11, it says, Satan replied in verse 9, Satan replied, would Job worship you if he got nothing out of it? What Job was saying is that I think there's a way that we can invalidate his service towards you. Your hand is upon him. So I I think there's some things I can do that can probably invalidate it. And you know what's crazy about this is that many times we don't understand this. Even when if you fail the test of validation, it doesn't mean that you don't love God. It doesn't mean that you don't want the best. It just means that you may not be able to get to the next season. It may mean that there might have to be a, a rerouting of your purpose. We see this in the life of David. What was the one reason why David could not build the temple? Because there was what? Blood on his hands. One may ask after looking and saying, what do you mean? That doesn't make sense. God, the whole time David was king, you put him in battles. You put him in places of war. That's not fair. How could you disqualify him? But we're not talking about that blood. We're talking about the test where he was looking in the palace and saw a woman bathing. slept with a woman, and tried to cover it up by what? By killing her husband. That's the blood. That's the validation test. And so when it's time for David to move on, God says, you cannot build my temple. You're a man after my heart. I love you so much. But you can't build my temple because the test of validation, the enemy will continually use it and say, God, you really want this man This man to build your temple, the one that did all these things, manipulated the situation, had a baby with this woman, threw her husband in front for her to get killed, you really want him to be the one that built your temple? You have to pass the test of validation. We see this in the life of Jesus Christ. Just a few days before he's going to the cross, sweating, sweating, anxious, going to the ground. He says he throws himself to the ground. And he says, if there's any way we know the scripture, you can take this cup away from me, please. And at that moment, I'm sure the enemy is looking and thinking to himself, oh, we're almost there. Come on. Just throw in the towel, throw in the towel, throw in the towel, because this one thing right here could discredit you even going to the cross. Number four. What we see in the life of Jesus towards the end of a season is that he finished peacefully and he finished well. He finished with peace and he finished well. You see, when you are ending a season, you're going to have to do some things that you normally wouldn't do. You're going to have to say sorry to some people that you wouldn't normally say sorry to. You're going to have to pray for some people that you normally wouldn't pray for. Pray for those that hurt you. (laughs) I was thinking of that when Jesus was on that cross, he was peaceful and well enough to know that, yes, it's okay. It is finished, despite knowing that I didn't heal everybody, knowing that not everyone may know me, knowing that I may die and some people will still not believe in my Father. Enough peace to say it is finished. There's some things that if you leave this season with, you will not have peace. There's some assignments. There's some things you need to do, come to terms with, (laughs) that if you don't come to terms with it, even when you're trying to go to the next season, it's going to be bringing you back, pulling you back, pulling you back because you don't have the peace. Because you don't have the peace. Peace. Now, specifically with peace, I can say this. We do have an advocate. If you're a believer, you have the spirit of God. And so he gives you that fruit. And nothing that I'm talking about here is impossible. We have the spirit of God to lead us, amen? The spirit of God to comfort us, to advocate for us. And so, as I'm giving you these four things, I'm about to close. But as I was reflecting about everything... There was one thing that came to mind, and, and I, I started to think about it. God, what is the major point that you want your children to know when it comes to ending a season? And he kept on saying, it was never about them. They needed to know that it's not about them. They need to know that the reason they're leaving the season is that it's not about them. I need to know that it's not about me. And so as I was praying, God brought me back to Genesis to a man that we know by the name of Joseph. And he said, there's some similarities that you need to look at, Dara, between what is happening with Jesus and what's happening with Joseph, because th- there's gonna be something that comes out of this that they need to understand when it comes to leaving a season. You see, when we look at the story of Joseph, Joseph had all the trauma abandoned by his own family, sold into slavery. Finished, left to die. Not just that, but we also see that even when it comes to the life of Joseph, he had to conquer a complete validation test of who? Potiphar's wife. That could could completely invalidate him being in any position in that place. We see that even in a season probably feeling like an orphan, even in prison, wrongfully convicted, He did not hold back his gift, continued to interpret dreams, continued to give clarity and inspiration, understanding from God to the people. He was never holding back. And then we see through everything, he was still able to have some level of peace to understand that, you know what, thank you God for blessing me in this land with two children I'm good. But something happens that flips the script on Joseph. And I'm going to tie it all together. Y'all tracking? I'm going to tie it all together. Something happens when it comes to the life of Joseph that I just didn't understand and I had to really research. You see, when everything is going back, everything seems like there's restoration, everything is coming together, we see that those that sold him into slavery, where the trauma started, where everything was against him, where all the problems started, show up to his doorstep. Just when he's probably going into a new season, the problem that started it all shows up. We see, for the first time in scripture, we start to get a glimpse of Joseph's emotion that he... He's crying, He's, he doesn't know how to hold himself together because the last thing he would think is that everything, God, you brought me through all this just for you to bring the people who hurt me right in front of me again. God, I'm ready to move on to the next season, but why would you bring these people to my doorstep? And you know what's even worse is that I'm now higher than them. The vision you gave me actually came to pass because they're kneeling before me. And so God began to help me understand that, Dara, my children need to know that when it comes to ending a season, there's things that only I can do that's not even on their prayer list. There's things that I have to do to bring them into the next season. Some things that they never thought, that they took, they said, I'm, I'm, I'm cool. If, I, if my relationship with my father never gets healed, God, it's okay. If I don't ever get this thing, God, it's Okay. But, but God wanted me to let you know that there's some things that are going to happen this season that he has to do because it's not about you, it's about him. You see, him bringing Joseph's family to Joseph was not about Joseph having a restoration in his relationship with his parents or with his brothers. It wasn't about that. It's because God knew that he made a promise to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob. And he knew that at some point there was going to be a man, his son named Jesus, that if this doesn't come back, if this, this reconciliation doesn't come back, I don't, it has to happen this way. Since he's already positioned, since one of them is already in Egypt, it just makes sense. There's some people who are in positions right now in situations, you're in perfect placement for God to do something that you don't even know, you haven't even thought of. You're in perfect alignment for God to put the cherry on top of the situation. It doesn't matter how you feel like it needs to look like. God wants to do it because it's about Him. And so you have to come into understanding that it was never about me. And so I bring this to the story of Jesus Christ as He's on the cross. And He says, It is finished. Everything is good. Everything's okay. And He gives Himself up to God. And you see, at that moment, many. May have been sorrowful. For us, as we read the text, we're happy. We're like, wow, look at, look at the man who lived sinless, died on the cross for our sins. But God said, I have to do one more thing. It's not about Jesus. It's about me. It's not about Jesus. It's about us. I have to do one more thing because here's the thing. Jesus, yes, dying was about, was something he had to do. There's some assignments that y'all have to do, but there's some things that God only has to do. And so he says, he'll die, but him resurrecting is about me. It's not about him, it's about me. Because if he doesn't resurrect, if he doesn't resurrect, there won't be a church called the Gap Church. If he doesn't resurrect, there won't be some people that can be forgiven. If he doesn't resurrect, the Holy Spirit won't come down. If he doesn't resurrect, chains won't be broken. And so as we are in this series and as we're in this fast, I want you to come into alignment and know that there's some things that God wants to do that has nothing to do with you. There's some places he wants to put you in, not for you, but for your generations. There's some jobs he wants to give you, not because of you, but because of him. As I close, I was having this imagery. Many of us know milkshakes, right? We know milkshakes. I love milkshakes. (laughs) And every time you see a picture of a milkshake, what is on the milkshake? A cherry. Some people don't eat the cherry. Some people just take it off. But whether we like it or not, every time we see a milkshake, it has to have a cherry on it. It doesn't matter if we like it or not. The creator has it that way. It doesn't matter if it's our taste buds or not. The creator wants it that way. Because there's a thing. It doesn't matter if it looks good to us. It matters because it looks good to the creator. Some of you, I want you to know that you're right where you, you, God has put you right where you need to be. You move to Dallas, you're right where I need you to be. You're studying this thing. You're right where I need you to be. If you would have went somewhere else, it would have been fine, but I would have had to still reroute you here, anyways. But now that you're here, it allows me to do what I have to do, not for you, but for me. And so I want to encourage you, even as for some you're ending your season, I want you to build up more faith. Because there's some things that God wants to do for him that is not on your prayer list. That is not, you, you can't even think of it. But I want you to place your mind on the things above and get the God perspective because He wants to do some things that are about Him. And here's the thing there's safety in knowing that it's not about me and it's about Him. There's safety in knowing that God is the one that has to handle this, not me. And so think bigger. Stop thinking about yourself, think about your generations. Think about your family. Stop being so unintentional and understand that none of this is about you. It was never about you. As you're exiting your season, it's not about me. Let us not ever enter into a new season or exit a season thinking so selfishly that, oh, God wants to do something specifically in me. No, no, no. no. It's true. But there's some things by his mercy that he will only do because of him not you. There's some promises in your family, some promises within your your lineage. He's fulfilling it, not because you prayed hard enough, just because you're in alignment. It works out perfectly, and it's more about him than you. Let's bow our heads. What I want us to pray just very briefly is that God, help me to be in alignment with your will to finish strong. Help me to be in alignment, God, with what you want to do, God, so I can finish strong. So I can finish strong, oh God. God, I want to be in alignment. God, I know it's not about me now, but Help me to be in alignment, oh God. Because there's some things that are gonna happen, God, and I don't know if I have peace in this season yet. God, I feel like I've been tested every day. God, I need your strength. I need I just need you to help me out. God, I need you more than ever before. God, I feel like I'm not giving my best anymore. I feel like I'm not praying anymore because this season is too tough. God, I need your help. I want to finish strong, oh, God. God, I can already sense people leaving my life. I I can already sense people betraying me, and I don't know how to take it, God. I don't know how to handle it. God, I need your help. Because, God, I want to finish strong. I got to finish strong, God. I can't hear all of this, God, and finish weak. I can't hear all of this, God, and do the same thing all over again and have to repeat the test, oh, God. No, no, no. I got to finish strong. I got to finish strong. And just even now as we're praying this prayer, every week we do this because our commission is to make Disciples. And so we want to give anyone in this room and anyone that's online watching, maybe someone who will listen to the podcast later, an opportunity to to come into relationship with Jesus Christ. To come into relationship, come back. Maybe it's your first time or maybe it's a renewing of relationship. But I want you to understand that this decision, this 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 is a huge step to finishing strong because if he's with you, Knowing that he's with you makes everything easier. And so together we're going to say this prayer. And if that is you that wants to come back into relationship with Christ or if you want to start anew with him, I want you to say these words and mean them and say that's a declaration speaking directly to your father. And so let's say this together. Lord Jesus, Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Help me to know you better. As I accept you today, take over my heart and dwell in me. Forgive me of my old ways and help me to change into the person that you want me to be. I love you, Lord, and I proclaim that you are my God. In Jesus' name. Let's just keep our heads bowed just for the next 30 seconds. If you said that prayer, whether in person or online or listening, if you're in person, I just want you to raise your hand up and just keep it up so I can pray with you. If you're online, I want you to just text saved. If you're listening, text saved because I want to pray right now for every single person. Just keep that hand raised right now because I want to pray with you. God is meeting you right now. God is meeting you right now. And as you're just right there with your hand raised, I just want to just say, God, I'm coming back to you. I'm coming back to you. I'm coming back to you. Just say that. God, I'm coming back to you. I'm coming back to you. God, because I have to finish this race strong. So, Heavenly Father, we want to say thank you, God, for your children that are coming into relationship with you. Whether it's a renewing or a fresh start, God, we just pray, Lord, that you hear their hearts right now. You see their context. You see their perspective, God. They're not making this decision out of peer pressure. They're making this decision because they want to have a new life, God. And so you meet them where they are right now, God. We pray, Lord, even as they go upon this walk, it will be a walk that they will never regret, God. We pray, Heavenly Father, Lord, even as the devourer, the enemy may try and seep seeds of of discouragement or seeds of, of guilt, God. We just pray for a silencing of those seeds, God. Unpluck those seeds, Heavenly Father, God. We just pray, Lord, that even in this next few weeks, God, even as they're making this decision, God, that you, 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 you meet them closely, God, and manifest yourself to them, God. We pray, Heavenly Father, God, that even for the things that they're believing for, God, by your grace and by your mercy, God, use them as signs, Heavenly Father, to know, for them to know that you are truly with them, God. And for every other person, God, listening or in this room, God, we just pray, Heavenly Father, God, help them to finish strong. Give them the strength, God. Give them the perseverance, God. And God, even give them the clarity, God, on knowing what exactly the season that they're in and what they got to do, God. God, we say thank you for your mercy. We say thank you for your grace, God. In the mighty name just we pray. Amen. Thank you for tuning into the Gap Church Podcast. We hope this message blessed you. If you made that choice to give your life to Christ, congratulations. We celebrate you. Don't forget to text safe to 817-381-5353. Again, text SAVE to 817-381-5353. Thank you so much and have a blessed week.